You're listening to The Answers Are in the Room, a podcast exploring real-life professional and personal development through real-time perspectives leadership coach, Barbara Rappaport. Hi there, and welcome to The Answers Are in the Room. I'm your moderator, Sarah Cavanaugh, with another episode of our podcast series from Real-Time Perspectives with our leadership coach, Barbara Rappaport. Hi, Barbara. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, my friend. Our guest today is an experienced architect here in West Michigan. He's passionate about community and people. Zach Roholst has very recently taken on a new position at Metric Structures. We couldn't be more thrilled to have Zach here with us today, and the answers are in the room. With that, I'm going to pass the mic over to Barbara as she explores her conversation with Zach. Hi, Zach. Hi, Barbara. So grateful that you're here with us today. Excited to have a chance to talk with you. And I know that the way we've prepared for this was to talk about whether or not we could do some quick coaching yeah. around an issue that's top of mind for you, but also we're hoping is of interest to our listeners, because I haven't had a coaching session with anyone yet where there isn't a universal connection to whatever they're grappling with. Yeah. So you want to share what's on your mind, my friend? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've been fortunate enough, I guess, to get to know you for a long time and um, at least be able to grow through our conversation. So I feel like maybe I have an advantage a little bit of how to kind of narrow in <laughs> on what's been on my mind lately. But it's really, you know, as a young, um, ambitious like dad and husband and business person and all these things, I kind of grapple with this idea um, or a relationship between time and success. And um, so for the past few years, especially since having kids, I've been stuck in this mindset um, built around this idea of sacrifice. So when I'm at work, you know, and I work a lot, so I feel like I'm sacrificing my time to be with my wife or with my kids or my family. Um, and then when I'm with my family, I feel like I'm really struggling about oh, I have this to do, or I lost momentum in the day because I need to be home. Or um, So really, I feel like it's a, this you know, perpetual give and take between the things that I love the most. And so it, what I've realized is it really comes from a pressure of setting these almost like arbitrary goals in that relationship. So, oh, by this age or by this time in my life, I need to be, do, be doing these these things. And starting to unpack like where the that time frame comes from with you over the years has been really helpful um but i do i worry about my ability to be like an effective husband and father at the same time worrying about my ability to be an effective you know business partner or leader um so ultimately this all impacts my ability to be present so i'm like half present all the time and that's a kind of a harsh mindset I feel like to be in constantly. So today I really just aspire to talk about how to separate, you know, time from my ambitions and realize that life is long. And ultimately, you know, with the understanding that it's hard to do and that it ebbs and flows, but really just be present when I'm at work, be present when I'm at home, be present, just be shift that mind a little bit into kind of a state of gratitude all the time. Well, I can't imagine that people listening to this aren't like going, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So I'm touched, actually, because I think you've touched on something that maybe you haven't even been aware of yet, Zach, which is your phrase was, I want to separate time from my ambitions. 
and I want to be present. Yep. Being present is about looking at time in a very different way. Yeah. And that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. I I guess maybe a tangible example was even yesterday. You know, it's like I I had a, a very busy day, so I kind of cut it short to make sure I got home. And so then you get home and you you are still thinking about what you left and what's left to be done. And like, oh, I have this open item to complete and get get ready for tomorrow. And so I'm trying to like create this like habit loop from that um, almost like anxious sense where I like stop myself really quickly and like just try to really focus on what's in front of me, which usually is like my three favorite things, my kids. So <laughs> trying to take a pause and um, just like allow myself to be with them and have fun and whether it's doing dinner or doing bath or doing <laughs> bedtime or whatever, it's <laughs> to try to enjoy it because it's not going to last for forever. For for sure. I yeah. mean, I have kids in my in their 30s, so yeah. I'm like, I don't even remember those days. Yeah. So yeah, they're precious. So yeah. I think you've identified the thing you want to work on it really beautifully. So I want to play back what I heard, and then you correct me if I've got that yeah. right or yeah. wrong. Um, that you have a commitment or a goal to just be present by focusing what's in front of me. Yep. And one improvement area, there may be more, but one improvement area you said you could um, rely on would be this thing that I know I coach other people on, which is take a pause. Yeah. Kind of regroup, recenter. Does yep. that sound right? Yeah. All right. So if that's the goal, being present and learning how to interrupt what gets in your way of the pause. Yeah. What are some things you know you're doing that don't allow you to kind of move in that direction? Let's look at the the things that are getting in your way. Yeah, I I would say it it goes back to goal setting. You know, I I think sometimes we pick a point in time where we want to be and then we allow ourselves to like change the context of what's currently happening because now we've identified a, a finish line that if you move it six months or 12 months away from you, it changes how you feel about today. So really I've been trying to like aggressively <laughs> um, assess those goals, I guess would be. Okay. So let's put that into a behavior that's getting in your way. Uh, is it, and just again, always correct me if mm-hmm. I got it right or wrong so that we know what you really think. Yeah. Um, is it I set goals and I find it really challenging to change my view of that goal, even though the context requires it? Yep. Something like that? Yeah. Okay. How would you say that? Because I kind of pulled that together like a puzzle piece, but would you say that in a different way? So... I think I think what it is is, you know, I, p- I pick a place in my life where I think I want to be, and usually, not to sound strange or whatever, but sometimes they're quite often it's a pretty audacious place, mm-hmm. and so now everything becomes urgent on how to get there. So I have to push all the time. I have to, um, you know, one th- one thing that's I don't know if it's even compromisable for me is just like this standard that I hold. So whether that is being present at home or at work, it's this very high standard. So it's like almost like stressful. <laughs> like 
So I, it's, it's, just, it's always like this sense of urgency, like got to get home, got to do this, got to get done so I can get back to doing this and then go to sleep and get up and do it again. <laughs> yeah. So I think what I'm, I'm trying to pick though is like, so why is this, why the goal? So really assess like why 34 or 36 or something, why not 38? Like you really needed it? Like what's driving the, so I think the barrier is really like why, like what's driving me to like pick that place and like why do I feel so weird about changing it? <laughs> hmm. So there's a part of you, I guess, that you're telling me that says, I recognize the urgency that I put on it, which is maybe, my word, not yours, ridiculous. Yeah. But you don't understand yet why you you push like that. Why right. does it have to be so audacious? Right. And And where is the root cause of that, right? Right. And so one thing I'll say in the moment and I think, frankly, you've heard me say this before in some of our other conversations, that's falling prey often to what I call the shoulds in life, mm-hmm. right? S-H-O-U-L-D-S, the shoulds. Yeah. And we all fall prey to those as we go through early adulthood and, and move into a more mature adulthood, which is we are all part of a culture that has informed our values and how we see the world and choices we make. And you have very strong values around the kind of person you want to be at home with your kids as a spouse and at work. I liked your word. You said audacious. Mm -hmm. So somewhere in that core of why you do these things, I'm guessing, would be some of the shoulds. Any thoughts on that? No, I agree. Any particular should come to mind? Hmm. No, I don't think, I'm not that, mm-hmm. not right away. But, okay. Yeah. Well, let's go then to if your basic behavior, you're telling me at a high level is, I set an audacious goal, and I set audacious goals in all parts of my life, and I feel urgency to meet all of them, mm-hmm. and I also know it's impossible to treat them all equally at every moment in time. Fair? Correct, yeah. So when you think about changing that and being more present and balancing that, what do you actually worry about? What scares you about that? Um, the third part of that, which is like being true to myself. So there inherently lies like to be good at you know serving others feels like I'm doing less of serving myself. Sometimes. So that's that's where my worry comes. Like, am I, at some point, you know, do those standards I talked about go down? Because now, to be successful, like in other places, I have to, like, lower that, the level of audaciousness in some of the goal setting. Do I feel like that's the new sacrifice? So that's kind of where it gets tr- tricky. <laughs> a that's... little less, or a little more abstract, I guess. But I, Actually, it's an amazing connection you just made. That if you're feeling for all the other choices you're making, you're sacrificing your impact on others, this is the first time you're saying, if I change what I do, I'd actually be sacrificing what I want. Yeah. Yeah? Yep. I think that's pretty darn powerful. Yeah. So it's about sacrifice. Yeah. And how you make sense of sacrificing 
in in the life you want to lead. So would you say that you have some kind of counter commitment to the one you said of being present that's around almost like I'm going to put something out there and this could be way off, but (laughs) it's like I am also committed, forgive my Jewish background, but I'm also committed to being a sacrificial lamb. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, um, and I apologize, this is getting like tangential, but. So I think sometimes, you know, in conversation with friends or colleagues or whatever, we talk a lot about, you know, what later life looks like. And I think to make it concrete for some people, I say, like, you know, I can I foresee myself going to two-thirds of my kids' events. You know, there's a piece of me that I have to create a new context for what I think is good versus, like, what society tells me is good. And so that – so that – when I measure how I think I'm being successful, I have terms for that. So whether that's, I'm, you know, good for me and Anna is being home for dinner three nights a week. So that's our good, not five or seven or whatever. So trying to establish, like, how to actually measure being present, I think is really important for me, too. Yeah, so let's just put that, I think, into mm-hmm. terms that are... Terms maybe that, again, our listeners could all agree with, which is not be beholden to some external set of standards about what is good or not good or sacrificial or not sacrificial in your life. That you have a set of criteria that you create that allows you and the people you work with at business at home, Anna, and say, no, this works for me and us. And nobody's sacrificing in a way that's detrimental or um, burdensome. Right. That the sacrifice is more of a balance. Yeah. That's a reframe, right? We could say you don't have to sacrifice, you just balance. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, it, that, that goes back to the shoulds, I think. Yeah. yeah. To be a good dad, you should. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, be and, at every baseball game. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, like... And there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. To be a good husband, you should... So those might be my shoulds. Yeah, so I'm wondering if this is easier for you than you've known it to be in the time you and I have been chatting together, which is really sitting down with the people you love the most, and I think there's a few in your life that you would talk to about this, and saying, these are my shoulds. Mm -hmm. And sacrifice isn't part of it. That actually being intentional about, I don't need to sacrifice to do any of these things. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine what some of those shoulds would transition to that would be palatable the way you would want them? Anything come to mind? Mm, I would say my shoulds would be like, you know, to, to be like you should act, like be true to your intent all the time. So whether that's at home or at work or whatever, um, I th- I think it's very important to like that I should be honest about what those are. So I think many times you like those audacious goals can be some some somebody else's should. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you align yourself with something that you see or aspire to, but it's it's really not best serving for you or those people, you know, people that you interact with most or care about most, but I don't know if that answers your question or not, but 
Well, I think it, anything a client, when I'm working with someone who's a client in the moment, says it's always important because it's what came up for them. Yeah. Um, I keep thinking as I'm listening to you that this is more around you feeling that you have permission, self-imposed permission, mm-hmm. to set the standards you want. Yeah. And that what would be a bigger challenge at this point, if you agree with that, and and go through the constant kind of, you know, yes, no, um, around I'll do this or I won't do this, um, and recognizing that that big audacious goal is way out there in the future, and there's so much more in the present that informs whether or not we will or won't get to that goal. Mm. And that you're missing out by privileging the future thing that is abstract. You're missing out on the current moment where amazing things could happen. Yeah. And that your goal, as stated when we started our conversation today, is the right goal. Work really hard at getting in the, at not letting it in the way any of the things that interrupt me being present. Yeah. Because I might miss those moments yeah. of clarity and purpose. So is there anything else when you think you gave your little story of I had a busy day, I came home, I'm still kind of, you know, at work, but yet I'm home and it's almost going to be bath time and I want to have fun. Yeah. Anything at all about the way you process through that that you think might be something you could interrupt to get you closer and faster to being present? Um, so the, the one thing I've been really doing lately is um, telling myself that when once everybody's asleep, and like we've, you know, had our fun and I've been present through those things that I can work again. So like, nope, shut it off right now. You can do it at 830 or whatever once yeah. all the kids are done. So I've really been like allowing myself space to still worry about it. Just don't worry about it right now. Okay. And so that's been helpful. <laughs> yeah. When I get home, I just allow myself to just shut it. Well, I'll worry about it in two and a half hours or three hours from now. Yeah, so the only thing I'd say as a coach would be, see if you can reframe the word worry. Or, yeah. Right? Because worry yeah. feels like a real burden yeah. and, and tense and yeah. um, almost painful. Yeah. And more of a something like this, and you'll figure out your own way, but more something like, I'm, I'm going to spend time with my family because if I don't spend it now, they're going to be in, in bed. Yeah. I have plenty of choices about what I do after they go to bed. Yeah. That sounds better. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I'm thinking a couple things. Um, Anything else you can imagine that you aren't already doing or doing that gets in the, that you could interrupt the impulse to not be present? Anything else that strikes you? Maybe at work. Let's look at something at work. Um, So I think I, I've made a connection over the last couple of years to their the relationship between the level of um, my ability to be present is is directly correlated with how organized I am hmm. with stuff. So if I when I start to feel like unorganized and um, kind of stuff out of place, whether that's at work or whatever, the other suffers big time. So. My my ability to like unpack that um, the tasks when I get home is much much easier when I understand what they are. Like, so after the kids go to bed and I allow myself space to work again, like I know what they are and how long they'll take. So I'll, 
then I don't, that's ability to be present almost gets longer because I don't, I don't, I'm not panicking about something or worrying to your point. You know, it's not a negative thing anymore. Like I feel in control of it. And that's awesome. Yeah. So, so I, I try to put a lot of pressure on myself to like stay organized so that I can stay present in different places. Okay. And is there anything, would you say that pressure is good or bad pressure? Um, I think it's, I don't know that's either. I think it's just intentional pressure. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's more It's more like systematic now. Like from, you know, 7.30 to 9.30 every morning is kind of the same space in my head about like, okay, what did we do yesterday? What are we doing to, you know, for the next three days? How does that impact next month? Yeah, yeah. my own little system, but. Yeah. Well, I think that speaks to we all lead complex lives. Yeah. And we all lead busy lives. Yeah. And I know yours, I'm going to take in another idea that I know about you, which is you also are very committed to the community. Yep. So I'm guessing that this worry or or somewhat guilt around spending time there, too, has got to weigh on you a bit. Yep. Any thoughts about easing that worry, or have you made strides in easing that worry? Yeah, I think, I think the strides are the same. So I sit on... A few boards right now and a couple executive committees and stuff like that so that goes into you know also being present so to be in one of those meetings and be present and understand what my responsibilities are you know who i'm serving in that meeting and to be there and be worrying about other things or you know cognizant of other things i need to do is kind of unfair to them also yeah so that goes back to being away from home at night or on the weekends at events or whatever it is. So it all kind of has to blend together and fit in that system. But Yeah, you've got a lot going. But yeah. there's another word that comes up for me as I listen to you, which is what serves you, it sounds like, Zach, is your intentionality. Yeah. And not just reacting to an emotional trigger. Yep. That could be a panicky or or worry or guilt or whatever, and saying, "Well, well, well, where am I at in this present moment? What's gonna? What's the bookend of that? What preceded it? What's going to go mm-hmm. after that? And how can I remain organized yeah. to be intentionally in that moment? Yeah, it's going to be constant vigilance, I think, as long as you have such a busy life. Yeah, and I, I think too, it, maybe it's probably more abstract, but I. S- a lot of it stems from my ability to feel like I can help someone. So, like, if I have that, if there's a sense like that, I could actually make a difference. Like, I want to be able to do it. So, like, whether that's maximizing the hours in a day to be able to do it, that I think that's where it really comes to is somebody says, I think you can help, and I say, no, you know, I have, it really bothers me. So, yeah. <laughs> all yeah. of it, yeah. Well, good heart. Yeah. Right. I think there's one other thing I'd like to say before we talk about what your listeners might take away from this, but would be because of the way you see the world and your contribution to the world and your hope that you'll be able to find this balance and being present in all these aspects, I have to imagine, because you care about other people so much, that you also stay connected to people who, for whom you would give the same grace. Mm-hmm. So that if someone was being challenged around being able to get everything done in your family, you would jump in and say, hey, you know, it's okay. It's okay to yeah. balance it out. It's okay to be present, right? Yeah. 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 For that, sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was just wondering, 
let's let me pose the question this way. If imagine you were in the audience having listened to this, the listening audience, and you could tell your 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 current self at your age and given all the commitments you've made and and all the things you care about what would you want yourself to take away that you think the cohort of yeah. listeners might yeah. benefit from? Um, it's funny you bring that up because I actually do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's um, kind of this external perspective of the why, like really understanding that it's okay to have a weekend away and like <laughs> it's life is long. It's a long, 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 so... I try I try to like take a step back and and just say like just chill, you know, yeah. like take a day. I think ultimately what's the been the most helpful is actually doing that and then you find like oh like nothing bad happened when yeah. I t- you know like <laughs> yeah. Or or unfortunately like I've had to step away from a couple things this year because because of that kind of assessing is you just realize like there's somebody that can provide better value than me, and I actually know who that person is. So I'll, I, serving both of you, I'll make that connection and I'll do something else. So okay. instead of doing everything, it's really I'm trying to like really focus in on, okay, instead of instead of a wide net, like let's get deep and serve like a deeper purpose. Now as I get a little older, wow, yeah. Now you just gave me the chills. <laughs> well, and I think the other thing you didn't say, but I think is implicit in what you said is. Sometimes you realize nothing bad happened. My other point is sometimes great things well, yeah. happen. It's usually the opposite. Yeah. yeah. And that that's where really where yeah. we make the biggest difference, where we grow, the people around us. Um, I don't know. I think I need to put a sweater on. I got so many chills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, anything else you want to share with the listeners before we say goodbye? No, I, I, I guess my... I just want to thank you for all the stuff you do for me. Oh, you know, you. I, I feel like our conversations the last couple few years I've grown a ton. So I would I would encourage people to take a pause and like create your own framework for your happiness and um, have it be intentional about goal setting and life is long. I love it. Oh, Zach, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Zach. How can listeners contact you for more information or find you at Metric Structures? Yeah, so I've recently landed at Metric Structures. We are a mid-sized design builder. So we, just on the north side of Grand Rapids, we're at metricstructures.com. You can find us on Instagram, all over the place. Um, reach out to JCRI on the website. And, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Well, we will see you next time for more real-time coaching on our next episode of The Answers Are in the Room. Thanks for listening.